My name is Stephen Ferguson, and you're listening to the People's Republic of St. Neots, a podcast about people rather than politics, which celebrates the ordinary people that makes St. Neots a wonderful place to live, work, and play. Having said that, my first guest is anything other than ordinary. Claire Slade is a Neotist, a community activist, and one of the driving forces behind the St. Neots Festival. And as you hear later, lots of literal blood, sweat, and tears went into that. Claire is also one of the founding organizers of the St. Neots Man Cave, and basically has her fingerprints over lots of the community organizations in St. Neots and the whole of Huntingdonshire. She also happens to be one of my very best friends. I caught up with Claire at the Art and Soul Cafe in St. Neots. Right, so I'm sat here in the Art and Soul Cafe in St. Neots with somebody who happens to be one of my best friends. And I've just been looking through my messages, yeah, for our little chat, all sorts of stuff in that chat. Going back as far, the first time you contacted me was in 2017 to invite me on your radio show when you were still on Black Cat Radio. And we never managed to do that, did we? No. And so what I'm doing, I'm doing like six years later, and we're going to turn the tables and I'm going to talk to you the old radio professional, and we're just going to talk a bit about Claire Slade and a bit about what you do in our community. So obviously, for somebody who's so involved in St. Neans community, you've obviously lived here your whole life, haven't you? You can't be one of these newcomers. Born and raised, and I grew out from the ground. I was just fed by the river great ooze. used to love Woolworths. I loved Woolworths. I did love Woolworths. That was, so that's how long I have lived here. Was Woolworths gone when you, li- when you moved here? No. No, it's only 15 years. So we, we've been doing this thing. Uh, your husband and I, one of our little projects, uh, husband is Richard, uh, and we've, we've worked on this project to kind of map the history of St. Neas High Street. And I know it started off in, I think, because I found this video of buses in 2000. And you can see in 2000, I think, Woolworths are still there. So when did you move to St. Neas? 2000 and... And when was 15 years ago? 2008. 2008. And Wolves are still here then? Yeah. Yeah. Not long. I mean, I think it was here for about two two years. So maybe 2010, 11, it, it closed down. But is this, is this what you want to know? No, like, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you didn't come on my show if this is what you wanted not. to talk about. I'm just interested in, the, <laughs> in your history in the town and, and, and when you arrived here and what brought you to St. Neas to start with. Okay. So we came here with the intention of moving for two years. And that was it. We were going to give it a chance. Never heard of St. Neots before. And people that I talked to, you must have this as well, new residents to the town. Never heard of St. Neots. But when I did a search on right move and what I could afford <laughs> and how far up and if, as it got train lines, and I thought, oh, let's have a look, little look at it. And then they fall in love with it because why wouldn't you? It's a little gem. And so they were saying, why, why is it hidden? And it's because it's lovely and I'm now starting to regret all of the stuff I've got involved with over the years because we're starting to put Sydney it's on the map people are starting to find it and it's you know you kind of want to protect how it is but it's got real potential for growing and being amazing and I think you and I have seen the the potential in the town haven't we like we can see that there's gaps so it is your, your fault for bringing in the wrong sort of people, all these newfangled new people with arts and culture. And I think, I think so one of the truths about Sydney is I think that people who move here and people who've lived in other places like you and like me appreciate just how wonderful it really is as well. Yeah. yeah and I think you have to have seen that. Because if you lived here your whole life and you've seen the decline or the potential decline of the high street and you remembered back to those halcyon days, I don't think you quite understand all the wonderful things that are in Sydney 
Yeah. Um, and you have to have that perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's really vital, is it? It's those two camps that we're um, kind of conversing with. So people are just talking about what they've lost. So they lost the youth club and they lost the skating ring and they lost the the market where all the cattle were coming in and they lost that kind of sense of of what that was. And that's just, it's the reality is it's not like that anymore. It's changed. Yeah. But what it has got is loads of extra new things which people aren't focusing on. And what's going to bring all that new community over on the other side of the tracks is shifting. The centre of St. Neots now is shifting eastwards. And we've got to accept that and include all of that because we don't even know what they're going to bring yet. And it's going to be amazing. Um, but they've got that perspective that we had when we came of going, look at this place. Look at this river. Look at these parks and green spaces. We, we, As we were heading up from Watford and looking at the map, and you, you're going you're going a bit north, but not too far, because I was working in um, London at the time. And I thought, we went to Biggleswade and had a look around. There's not even a park in Biggleswade. There's no green spaces for young kids to run around and stuff. So Sydney has got all of the stuff. Um, so, yeah, their perspective is going to help us, isn't it? It's just they're going to just love it and want to be part of the community. And Yeah, just dazzled by the brilliance, and especially the, open, the kind of green lung that stretches from Little packs and all the way through St. Neots. I think it's probably about three miles you can walk with uninterrupted green space, and it's amazing. How do you know about what it's like to walk that, Stephen? It's not about me, Claire. <laughs> right. So so you moved here 15 years ago-ish, yeah? Yeah. Uh, how long did it take for you to start becoming involved in the community and, and being this community influencer, which you might not think you are, but I think you really are? It's That was never... I never wanted to get involved in anything at all, but when you are a young I say young, I, I wasn't young, but I had a young child. When you are a, a, a parent of a young child, you get involved. And I blame, blame it all on Priory Park Playgroup. It's their fault because they wanted someone to join their committee. So you join a committee, you know, look, look, look at you. It's like, I don't want to get into politics. Yep. I'm going to just join and, you know, the town council. And then it's like a gateway drug, isn't it? So I, I joined that. Then I became the secretary only because nobody stood up and said they wanted to do it. Then I got involved in the Time Bank, um, which I still believe is a brilliant idea and could really work for Sydney. It's of giving an hour and taking an hour. And um, and then I don't know what happened. Then I, I just, I think you start to become that person that people recognize going, oh, you're someone that will get something done. You'll join our club or you'll do this. Or how do you know? Or can you introduce me to somebody that will get this done? And it's sometimes quicker to do it yourself. So there was never a big plan. As I said, I only wanted to be here two years, but... I'm here still. So so you're involved with a group, founder of a group, co-founder of a group called The Neotists, yeah? When did, when did that idea come about? Oh, I needed to do my research before I came to this. Just, just make it up because nobody knows. I'll make know. it up, no. So it's about eight years ago and it was, it's, that's Richard's fault. So Richard is a graphic designer, web designer, um, artist who's been doing stuff for years. Um, and he was working at government and it was really uninspiring HMRC forms, you know, like that's, it's really dull. And I started to see that his own work started to become a bit um, corporate, bit government looking. And I was like, you know, where are you going to find your inspiration again? Where, you know, you're really creative and artistic. So he started to go to Milton Keynes, Cambridge, Bedford, to these different events and kept coming back. And why can't we, why is it not here in St. Neots? That's it. Like that's as simple as it was. Laziness. <laughs> But also just kind of, why do you have to get in a car and go to these things to meet people? Um, and he just felt that, well, there mustn't be a creative um, community in St. Neots. Um, so he put the call out and all of a sudden Neotis was born. 
Lauren, who's a local artist, coined that name, which we absolutely love. Because otherwise it's Sydney, it's this or Sydney, it's that, isn't it? But that's got its own little brand. And then suddenly we had 200 members, like within weeks of creative people, filmmakers, photographers, artists, all sorts of people who wanted to be involved. And a network was born and they found each other and it was great. That's how that all started. I unfortunately missed the Sydney Festival because I was off doing my walking stunt, which I'm completely embarrassed about. But last Saturday, we had a mini festival in Market Square, which for me was one of the best days ever, yeah, because I've taken loads of personal flack, whether it's deserved or not, about kicking the cars out of Market Square. And that was the one day I thought, you know, today we've really cracked it, or you've really cracked it, the Neotis have really cracked it, you and Ben and Richard and everybody else involved. Because, you know, it didn't wasn't the whole town there, but it was a big proportion of the town were there. And just spend the afternoon sitting in a rare day of sunshine, enjoying really great music. And on your gazebo, which is over the stage, you had the Neotis there. And I could hear all these people behind me sitting there, who are the Neotis? And it just occurs to me continually that, that you are involved in so much good stuff in the town but never take enough credit about it. Because it's, because for you, it's not about taking credit. I get that. It's almost completely altruistic and it's about kind of building this community. But um, yeah, I think I think it's been an amazing year for the Neotis. I think people are starting to realise, because that wasn't one-off event. We had the big festival. We've had, we've got, I think, three or four more events in Market Square. We've got a piano bar in Market Square tomorrow afternoon. And so for the first time, I mean... So that's a very obvious way. But yeah, I think it's been a big year for you guys, isn't it? It's been amazing. And I think we've got um, a couple of trustees on board um, who have business backgrounds. We, it was never to build it um, as, a, as a brand, as a company, as something. But there's only so much you can do. And I think as volunteers, and I think people realised that during COVID because it was all the volunteers came together and we all got each other through it. Um, and then you realise actually how much we rely on volunteers, but there has to be a certain cut-off point where you give and give and give, um, and then you start to realise actually I've got nothing left in the tank to give you anymore, and it's something has to change. So we're, we're going to have to run it a little bit differently to think of how do we look after ourselves and how do we look after each other and make sure it's really really sustainable. Because if if I stop doing what I'm doing, or if Ben stops doing, or Richard just kind of grinds to a halt, so we need to kind of grow it. By doing that, you have to be able to start earning something or, um, yeah, it's just got to change. So this has been brilliant. And the festival itself, do you know Fiona Bryce who lives over on Ricky Farm? So Fiona is amazing. And she was on the gate as everybody left and 100% of the people that left came over to say, thank you. That was amazing. Please do it again. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. And she said, in the end, she was just standing there crying with how much outpouring of love and affection and appreciation. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen at an event, does it? I mean, we've no. been to how many events in the town over the years? Like that doesn't, people don't go away with that feeling. It no. was something special. And that's kind of really spurred us on to go, God, people really, really got it. They got that we're trying to just bring people together. The micro festival at the sat on Saturday, the atmosphere was just amazing. It was just, you took it at your own pace. You know, you were there to just chill for the day. You weren't bombarded. Oh, we need to entertain you. It wasn't kind of like that, was it? It was like, this is your space. It's your town. You know, we can provide a little bit of extra to help you just hang out and enjoy it and enjoy that space. So that was the same, same kind of vibe at the festival, but times two whole days. 
But and that sustainability piece is really important, isn't it? Because it's relatively easy. It's what I've done. You know, relatively easy to make a big splash and do things quickly, but keeping that going year after year after year. Yeah. And that festival, it wasn't just six months in the making. It wasn't three months. It was three years, four years in the making. Four years, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you kind of broke down when the, the really hard work happened, I'd say it was like a full year of really hard work with all the different meetings and pulling people together and all the planning. Um, you can see why people don't do festivals because it is a nightmare to pull all of that stuff together. But we did it. Now we've done it. We've got that footprint or that that plan. Um, and so we'll see if, if it happens again. As your friend, I've watched you. I've seen just how hard it is for you and for Ben. Richard hides it better than the other two. Tim, the owner of Art and Soul, was just walking quietly past now as well trying to stab our podcast. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the personal toll it took on, on you as well. And so, yeah, I, I, I think the Neotis is an amazing thing in this town, but you just need to, we need to obviously need to be sustainable, but you just need to do a better job of promoting yourself as well. As I always think it's because, you know, everybody enjoys this stuff, but not everybody knows who you are. And I think that's something we should all work to change in the, in the coming six months. Yeah. And that that's, that has been nice. And, and yeah, to finally get after eight years, get an actual like gazebo with our, name on it it's been quite something but but then there's all all sorts of other stuff you've done for you like you get off the train in St. Neots and you walk up and you see that lovely mural was posted to uh, who went to Carly 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 yeah. po- that that was a Neotis project you know that's the identity of the town looking now at the St. Neots directory which you just printed as well which has that artwork another big thing which Neotis had been involved with in involved yeah so that's a St. Neots community support and but that's that's that this is a collaboration this is what I, I think that that Richard and I love the best. It's not about us doing one thing. The collaboration side of it is the thing that really, really gets us excited. And we've seen um, through people coming together, like photographers, um, that their businesses start taking off because, you know, like you've met Machek, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. When he, he came along to our very first meetup. And actually the first, first meetup was in Bohemia. They hadn't opened quite yet they were just they were just getting going and we said look you know helping to promote you and helping you know we, we're going to have a, a meet up and we had that and Machek went along and took the photos for that and then he started to get he got a drone started to take photos of Sineas and we've had conversations with people that have come to Sineas based on his photos alone because his image of Sineas was one of community and creativity and all these beautiful sunsets and the the green spaces um, and that's been lovely. So he's given certainly it's an image that wasn't there before. Um, yeah. And am I allowed to swear on this or are you not? I'm not going to say a big swear. I've built it up now just by saying it. So for me, I'm not an artist and I'm not a creative and I don't do stuff like that. And I've always thought conversations about culture. It's just all a bit wank. It is, but it is, isn't it? It's like, oh, we've got to do this. But... The reality is, is that if you like when and hitting lockdown, what did we all reach for was like films and movies and books and painting and that kind of stuff and and expressing ourselves and how we felt about it. Um, And that's the part that I like is that given those opportunities to do that, it's not about standing and talking about what a painting means. It's about you being part of it and you getting a chance to get your hands on stuff and new experiences that you'd never even knew that you loved. Like we've got opera coming up. Ben's organising opera singer coming up in a few weeks and it'll be great just to see people's reaction to it. And so so you mentioned that whole thing about the kind of the newest and the it's people, the people who've moved up from other places. Lots of them live in the east 
where I live, Sydney at East, and like you, you get off the train, yeah, at kind of half 10, 11 o'clock, and you'll see loads of West End musicians. Yeah, our friend is musical director of Hamilton, there's West End drummers, I know at least three orchestras. So this town is, is full of culture, but until recently, it was really difficult to experience it, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's like we're sitting now upstairs in Art and Soul in the gallery part of it, and we're surrounded by lovely artwork that changes all the time. Um, but before this space, the only place that you could ever see local artists was um, in the museum. And before the museum started doing that, I don't even know where you would even go to see anything. Like where local creatives would ever even get an opportunity to to do things to their local community. And I guess I'm, go I'm going back to the festival as well, local bands. So you've got small venues here in town, but when, you know, to, to get the arcades on a stage in front of as many people as were there, um, that's that's the key is getting is showcasing your local talent, um, and coming from Ireland, so living in Ireland for so many years and seeing how your culture, like you can go and talk, go into any pub in Ireland and stand at the bar and you'll have a conversation with someone and people will gladly talk about books and poems and things like because of the that's just standard, you know they're not embarrassed to talk about stuff like that. If you try that here in some of the pubs there football is our way or, or those kind of things previously but things are changing now but you want to have those different conversations that spark your imagination and that so now um, i'm going off on one i love but i loved how on saturday that micro festival that how all three acts well what the first act is from st Louis, but the other two acts were not and how they how grateful they were to be in this place in front of this community because it is a really exciting very enthusiastic, loving audience as well, isn't it? They and they love being here, and so they're almost those acts feel like they're adopted now by our little town. Yeah, and it was lovely, and it was, it was their perspective helps as well, doesn't it? Kind of going, look at your market square to be able to form perform this performance space that you've given us, and you're like, oh yeah, it's not a car park, it's a performance space, it's a community space. We should all be talking to each other and hanging out there. Um, and I know that's what, that's your passion. Yeah, that, it, I just everybody's the easy criticism is that oh yeah, you've cleared the car park out, but you've never really used it. But look at the stuff that Neatus has put on this year, and are still going to put on for the rest of this year as well. And it's an incredible. Yeah, thing. people, and I think you know people just maybe they're complacent, but or maybe they're not experiencing it enough. But we just need to get people down there to understand and, and love it as well. Because during the high high days of the of the farmer's market, it felt like people were coming to from Cambridge and from Peterborough places to visit our farmer's market. That's kind of got downhill a bit since then. But we can definitely pull people in from the surrounding areas. So that's really important. When you first started talking about the festival, it was an easy thing to talk about. But, it, you know, it seemed almost impossible to put on a free festival. Are you kind of inspired by doing things that other people think you can't do as well? Yeah. yeah. Just quite I mean, being... You've known me a little bit of time now. If somebody says you can't do that, then it's that's always... And you're you're like that, definitely. And also, I know it's also associated with the festival, Brian Moore as well. Oh, Every, people have moaned about that carnival, yeah, for years and years. And, yeah. I, and I've written out, well, if you want a carnival, arrange a carnival. Yeah. And Brian did. Yeah. And it might not have been the full-scale carnival of old, yeah, but it was a stake in the ground. We've got a carnival back now, yeah. and next time we do a carnival, it'll be bigger and better. So that was a really, again, didn't see it myself, but a really impressive side effect of the festival as well. Another community group kind of flourishing out of that. Again, another collaboration, and that's why it worked really well. So having conversations with Brian at the start, and Brian just came out of nowhere for me. Anyway, I hadn't known Brian up until that point, and now Brian is a huge part of Sydney. It's in loads of different ways. Um, and 
it was trying to work together, collaborate on that, how we're going to work it, um, and even just tweaks at the end to support all of the people that were going to be in the parade and stuff. And so, and then it worked so well because as everybody walked around, their family members and friends and everything were kind of all collect, like coming together in the middle because they knew that's where it was going to end. And then the ropes went up, they came through to the end, and then you've just got a ready-made um, audience for the first act on stage. It was just brilliant. It was just, and the atmosphere was there. So that's definitely going to happen again, I would say, if the festival goes again. When, um, when's the next festival going to be? I can't even possibly talk about it. There hasn't, I, genuinely, there hasn't been a meeting about it yet. Well, and I so think, I think you need to take time. It. You need to digest it and yeah. then need to recover as well, don't you? That's sort of part. Yeah, so that was, it was really intense. So um, we had a couple of illnesses on that weekend as well. So our volunteer um, manager just was ill that day and there's a few other people. So you end up doing, I mean, luckily I had my bike for Christmas. So I was cycling around the whole site because Pride Park, as we know, is gorgeous and massive. Um, so to get from one bit to the other, we, we realised quickly that if we had bikes, we can get around to each of the volunteers. Um, so it was spread out. But I don't think that would change because that was one of the bits of feedback was that people felt it was open space. It was still their park. And I think that's that's the thing that we've been really careful with as Neotists as well. And all of the community work that's that's been going on is listening to what people really want, not what you think that they want. Um, we could have easily pushed for all brand new things to be happening, but actually what the community want are bands that they know and songs that they know and things that are familiar and the added extra stuff. But if you don't have that familiarity first when you're introducing a new festival or a new concept, then you're just going to not really get the buy-in. Yeah, it was a complete success. Yeah. So in terms of other things which you've been involved with and something else which I think has been an amazing development in the town in the last year is the man cave. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sunia's Town Council, That if you've ever been to cemetery, there's a couple of giant poor cabins, basically, one of which was owned by the Red Cross and the other one owned by St. John's Ambulance. Yeah. And, and a few years ago when I was on the council, we made a decision. I think Red Cross wanted to get rid of it. We built the, we bought this giant port cabin yeah, and we spent some money doing that. Right, and we had no concept. Oh, we wanted to call it a community centre, but no concept of what we were going to do with it. As usual, you know, councils do make silly decisions. Um, and it sat there for ages looking unloved. And then when did, when did the man cave open? Uh, it will be a month um, on the 9th of October. That's what I'm uh, Sorry, well. yeah. yeah. So and next month was... So how did that yeah. get started? So that was... So I, f I feel really grateful to have managed to land a job where I can actually get to do this stuff, the stuff, the, the community stuff, so I'm a, a, as a connector. Um, and I've learned so much more about the ABCD approach, which is the asset-based community development, but it's working with what's strong in the area instead of what's wrong. So that the focus has always been, oh, no, look, there's antisocial behavior. Let's tackle that or whatever it is that, that you'll get all of your complaints about from residents. I'll do this. And it's actually, if you take a few steps back before that and go, well, why is that happening? And what could we do different? And what's really great? And then you just focus on those kind of things. So um, going up and going around the district, learning what's around. I went up to Sawtree, saw that there was a man cave up there, loved what they did, could see the benefit massively. And I just wondered, as I always do, why do we not have that in Sydney? It's we're, we're the biggest town in Cambridgeshire, rah, 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 all the same stuff that you and I say to everyone. 
Um, but why wasn't it here? But that only worked then was to have a conversation with the groups that were already here. So Walk and Talk for Men, they were already established. Mental health for men just, and they they could see, they had the links. They were the ones that were having conversations with people to know what they wanted. And they, they made it acceptable to talk about mental health and as well. And I think health. that's been a huge change in the town is that everybody's happy to talk about their struggles yeah. these days. And they're recognising that that is a need and they're, they're saying it to their dads and granddads and uncles and brothers and stuff, go go down to this. Um, so we had a conversation. Everyone involved were like, I haven't got the time to do this, but I'll come and have a look at this other one. And then as soon as they set foot inside Sawtree, they were just hooked in going, you know, the smell of wood and the smell of all of that stuff and seeing all the tools. And they were like, how can we have this? And so we got the keys to the building and then it literally it filled because people got the concept straight away. So they were bringing their tools down. They were donating desks and worktops and saws and, you know, people have passed away and you've got a shed load of tools that you don't know what to do with. But actually, if you know that there's a group that are going to make use of it, it's great. But the most important thing was that Anybody who came through the door initially had that ticket in their hand, in their mind to go, I was at the walk and talk group. They said to come down. You know, that permission. It's, but it is, is that joining anything for the first time is intimidating. Because like, I mean, I started the park run here, but I can remember about 13 years ago going to my first park run and being embarrassed because fat and slow run, I wouldn't be good enough. I remember just, you know, being really nervous, turning up, and then afterwards just being inspired. I think I'm coming back next week, and then just took up. Most. But it's just, it's that, those first steps. That first which are, one. Which is difficult. Once the people have been down there, they'll, they'll go. So how how often is a men's cave, man cave open? Yeah, they chose the name themselves. So they, yeah. they could have been men's show, they could be anything they wanted. Um, so man cave's open just twice a week, and I think that's where we're, we're missing a trick because it's daytime hours. So Tuesday mornings, Thursday afternoons. Um, and so anybody that's working, they don't really get a chance to go down there. And we have had a few younger yeah. guys saying, I really want to come, but I can't make it work. Yeah. So it's just get, but, if we can get that one volunteer that can open up. <laughs> yeah, sustainability and organic growth though, isn't it? You've got, you put the, the community in place now and it's yeah. just a question of, of, of growing yeah. and doing a few more things. We've spoken to other groups around that have been going for a year and they've only got like four members that hadn't got a location. You know, we've done, we've come on leaps and bounds, but that's that's what I'm saying is the it's the connection part of it. Because if people are ready and waiting, it's just introducing them and then they just run with it. But it's finding those people. And and that's your professional job then with the county council. Professional job, yeah. Is, is bringing these things together and that's a, a real proof of all the work you've done is man cave. But there, what, what, what other examples are there that you would point to? Ah, oh, what that I've been doing? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's district-wide, so it's just kind of getting to know people and what they're doing and where the gaps are and introducing people and highlighting what's really brilliant in this area over here and going, do you know about that? Or signposting them to funding. It's it's just supporting those groups. You and I know that anybody who does stuff in this town, like the guys that are doing the, the man cave, they're also part of Walk and Talk. They're also yeah. part of Rotary. They're also part of Golf Club. They're also part of all of these different things. So it's finding that person in each of those communities that's that multiple hat wearer. Yeah. And that person then will, you know, they'll take it because they'll know exactly who the right people are to introduce you to. And, um, yeah, that's that's the key, I think, instead of, oh, let's start off. You know what councils are like? We all kind of like think that we need to start it. We need to own it. That's not sustainable. Yeah, I think those people are called mavens, are people who are highly connected. And, and yeah, it's just introducing them to each other and and. Yeah. and and giving them the support in getting these things off the ground and they do it for long enough and they become 
self-sustaining, organic, wonderful communities and organisations. Yeah, I mean that's that's that would be a good use of of money, I think, from government, central government, is to fund those kind of things. So we've been talking for twenty-seven and a half minutes, wow. which makes if I don't edit any any edit any of this out, then people go, no, no, it's only sixteen minutes because yeah. all all the swearing. What's <laughs> let's let's finish up by just talking about what your favourite thing is about Sinaeus. Well, and don't, husband. your husband just a pilot. And I think, I was thinking that my favorite thing is Councillor Richard Slade, who is the founder of Neotis. And we have been saying nice things about him. We, we have been saying nice things. And without him, you wouldn't be like as confident in political. So they're hugging and kissing now. What is the best thing about St. Neas? I think for me, it's the potential. It doesn't feel like a town of dead ends. It doesn't feel like a dead town. And I know that some of the stuff that people say online, it's like, oh, there's businesses closing, there's this, there's that. It definitely feels the opposite for me because of the conversations that I've had with so many people that they've got the want, they've got the hunger for for new things to to change things. They will put the work in. Look at the new town council even now. It just feels a world away from say four or five years ago it just it feels like the energy is here now and this is this is an exciting time to live here and i quite like that and on that positive note i think we'll end our first episode so it just remains for me to thank claire for being such an excellent first guest and making it really easy on me and in the unlikely event that we ever actually publish this thank you for listening to the first edition of the people's republic of sydney's podcast 